The Holy Gospel according to St. John. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Well, you're hearing a lot about David this summer, and you aren't finished yet. I believe you will be continuing to read the so-called semi-continuous Old Testament scriptures through August. I think most of us appreciate today's reading. Finally, David is held accountable. No more secrets. God sent the prophet Nathan to confront David about his sinful abuse of power. Whenever I hear the, those words of Nathan's to David, you are the man, my thoughts go back to my days at seminary. We had a wonderful professor for church history. His name was Bob Gazer. He was telling about Nathan's visit to David when one of my young classmates, who tried to not take his seminary experience too seriously, was having a very difficult time staying awake. The class was after lunch, and maybe Todd had too much to eat. Dr. Gazer always roamed about the lecture hall, and he stopped very near to Todd and repeated those words to Todd in a volume which could not be ignored. Todd, you are the man. I think Todd jumped about eight inches. <laughs> Seeing that effect on Todd, I can't imagine the effect on David when he heard those words spoken by Nathan. Nathan held him accountable for some very serious sins. Obviously, they were effective since David repented to Nathan and said, I have sinned against the Lord. He may have repented, but this was just the beginning of very troubled times in David's family. <clears throat> Psalm 51 is a prayer for healing and moral renewal. The writer confesses to having had a sinful nature 
even from the moment of conception. Reading this psalm convinces a person that it was written by David soon after the confrontation with Nathan. And if we are honest, we can admit that there have been times that the words are appropriate for each of us when we have taken a twist or turn that we should not have, a time when we have not led a life worthy of the calling to which we have been called, as Paul writes about in today's readings from Ephesians. The verses making up today's reading are often called the moral section of this letter of Paul. It highlights implication for the personal and social life of Christians. Paul pairs the words called and callings in two different places. As we hear, we are reminded of the relationship between our being called by God and the subsequent assignment of a calling in the world. If everything worked out as it should, the result of being called would be that the faithful would leave, lead lives in community marked by humility, love, and patience. For that's what we are to be about. It's all spelled out in these words written by Paul. Sometimes Paul's teaching is very hard to follow. Yet today's reading seems quite understandable. For example, when he writes, speak the truth in love, I know what he is saying. We need those truth tellers, like Nathan, in our lives. Even though it may be jarring to hear the words in our comfortable lives. Today's gospel reading is a continuation of last week's reading. The 5,000 were fed and the disciples were saved from drowning by Jesus, who came walking to them on the water. The people were so impressed by that feeding miracle that they wanted to make Jesus their king. They didn't understand that they had received spiritual food as well as food for their bodies and that he stood for much more than performing miracles. Jesus left the crowd and went off by himself. The disciples went looking for him and found that he had gone to the other side, the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. Now some of the crowd went looking for Jesus. They found him and wanted to know when he had gotten there. They were still thinking about getting him to be their leader. And Jesus let them know that they didn't really understand what he was about. They had a very confusing conversation. Jesus and the crowd used the same words, but they had different meanings. That miracle meal had made a great impression on them. And Jesus knew that they had come seeking him because they had all been filled by that one little lunch of five barley loaves and two fish. John's Gospel speaks of these miracles of Jesus as being signs rather than miracles. These wondrous acts of Jesus show forth Jesus' true identity through which the divine power of God is revealed. But the people didn't yet understand that. They wanted the gaudy miracles, not some sign they couldn't understand. No doubt Jesus had hoped that the people would understand his message but they were more interested in the benefits Jesus had to offer them rather than an experience and event which allowed them to see who Jesus really was. Jesus invited them to seek another kind of food, one which nourishes forever. He told them not to work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which he, the Son of Man, 
would give them. What they received instead was the meaning of the story, that God gives the true bread from heaven and that Jesus is that bread. The people did not understand that Jesus is using the word bread as a metaphor. They didn't get it that it was really a story of the generosity and abundance of God's love. It was not simply a story of multiplication. It was a sign of God's action in Jesus. The questions and answers between the crowd and Jesus provide a pattern of incongruity. They are trying to sort out who Jesus is in light of what they have just experienced. Their questions don't seem to be leading them in that direction. So Jesus provides different answers than expected. He wants them to look deeper. Now Jesus linked the feeding material with the manna story. God spoke to Moses and told him that he should let the people know that food would be supplied but they would receive only a day's worth of food at a time. That proved to be a spiritual test for them. They wanted to save up for the future. They wanted more than they needed. They wanted something tangible they could hold on to. Jesus uses bread as an extended metaphor for who he is, someone capable of truly sustaining life. The only food that can last for all time is the bread that Jesus himself is the true gift from God, Jesus' own Father. The true gift of bread from heaven of which he is speaking occurs in the present. The manna was in the past, an exodus gift. The law came through Jesus, and grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. The crowd's last request in this reading reveals that they still don't get it. They understand only one level of the conversation. That is perhaps our problem as well when we talk about things related to our faith. We so often want Jesus to answer our prayers for our special needs. We sometimes wish that a miracle would happen. When it doesn't, we don't understand. Participating in the divine calling of which Paul wrote demands that we see Jesus not as a miracle worker meant to impress the masses, but to be involved in the wondrous acts of God, which reveal Jesus' true identity and community. We yearn for the deepest truths about our faith, yet we keep looking for Jesus in the wrong places. We want something tangible to hold on to so that we can really believe. Jesus wants us to look deeper. We forget about the promises we received when we were baptized. We, like the members of the crowd, still want to know just who Jesus is. If we looked deeper, we would realize that Jesus is trying to explain by his answers to the crowd's questions. Jesus is the bread of life, and all that means for us. Perhaps each of us in the Christian community yearns for this bread of life. Then we truly participate in a life worthy of the life to which we have been called. Amen.